Got a fantastic second hour planned for you as well. I want to take your phone calls. I want to start this hour taking your phone calls. 1-888-727-2325 if you want to participate in our uh, Queen Elizabeth conversation. Eventually in this second hour, we're going to transition to Memphis. I don't know if you guys uh, are aware of what's been going on in Memphis, but it has turned into the most dangerous city in America. It is murderous Memphis. Uh, a young man, a 19-year-old, live-streamed himself on a shooting, killing spree. Uh, and then we've seen Elijah Fletcher hunted down, stalked, raped, kidnapped, and murdered uh, a 34-year-old school teacher in Memphis. There's been a series of tragic, violent, criminal events in Memphis. I want to explain to you the culture that's created it and what we can do to fight against that culture. Uh, don't go anywhere. This show's only going to get better. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. I want to take your phone calls. 1-888-727-2325. Barbara. Barbara in Massac. No, can I do that? No, I can't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I should be teasing. We're going to take your phone calls here next. And we're going to transition into a conversation about Memphis. Uh, we're going to do that. And in the third hour of the show, we're going to talk some BYU. I've been wanting to do that with Glenn's audience. Uh, and so timing is perfect. I want to talk about BYU and South Carolina and the allegations that BYU students chanted racial slurs at a volleyball player from Duke. Uh, fantastic Friday show for you. Jason Whitlock sitting there for Glenn Beck live here in Dallas. I'm going to dinner with Tony Evans later today. I'm excited to be here. It's a little hot in Dallas, but that's fine. I need to, I need to eat. Sweat some more pounds off. All right, don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Jason Whitlock, host of Fearless, sitting in for Glenn Beck. Uh, you can find me and the Fearless program Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Central Time at youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. I need you to go there right now. You can multitask, listen to this show, go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock, that's W-H-I-T-L-O-C-K, hit that subscribe button, uh, join the fearless army, we're promoting strong masculine men to stand up in this time when men are letting us down, when America and the world is abandoning our biblical values, and we're paying the consequences for that, you can see it in our reaction to Queen Elizabeth. People actually 
wishing her a painful death, people holding her responsible for the mistakes and flaws and sins all of us participated in. There are no victims in this world. Now, do I consider babies killed in the wombs victims? Absolutely. They never had a chance. But this whole thing where everybody is a victim, Jesus died on a cross for our sins. He was a victim. He paid the price for all of us to live free, and he washed or gave us grace and mercy for our sins. I I just don't have a lot of tolerance for this victim culture and victimhood that's very pervasive right now and the lack of forgiveness uh, that we have in society. But I want to take your phone calls, invite you into this conversation. Barbara in Massachusetts has been waiting uh, patiently. Barbara, welcome to the Glenn Beck radio program. Hey, Jason. Thank you so much for taking my call. I think you and people like Glenn Beck are amazing and brave and I'm here just outside of Boston. So I'm stuck behind common sense enemy lines. (laughs) And, um, you know, the queen once said that, that grief is the price we pay for love. And she was talking about her husband's death and everything you've been saying in the past, you know, hour or so I agree with. And I think that pain is the price that we're paying for right now for turning our backs on God and in schools and just about everywhere. And, but besides all that, what do you think about Charles advocating the throne so that his son, a younger man, can can ascend the throne. You think you think that's what he should do? Yeah, I, I do. And so, Barbara, I don't know if you listened to me, and I didn't go full in depth on this. I don't really care about the monarchy, or I know. And and so, what they do and all that ceremonial stuff, I don't believe in royalty. Uh, now again, that, that doesn't make me a harsh critic of them. I'm sure there's a philosophy behind uh, the monarchy and, and what they represent in, in, in a symbolic nature, what that represents to a culture. Uh, but I just don't believe in it. I don't believe, you know, I, I'm about as anti-elite a person as there is on the planet. And it, it doesn't matter how much money I will make or what celeb friends I've made or people may see me as a celebrity. I'm always going to be Jimmy and Joyce Whitlock's son. And Jimmy Whitlock, my dad, didn't graduate from high school. My mother was a 30-year factory worker. I'm just a working class Joe. And, uh, you know, I don't have animus towards the the royal family, but I also don't have the great interest that others have, and so I I don't you know if they were Game of Thrones or House of Dragons cast members, <laughs> I probably would care if this was a TV show. And I need to watch the show The Crown. Maybe that'll give me an appreciation for it. one reason. Uh, now King Charles should uh, not ascend to the throne is he is a serious climate activist, and he's going to if he does have that sort of influence. He's been the one saying that our time is running out. We've got to take drastic measures. And so if he does have that influence, he's going. our energy issues. Did are he write to- that story in 1989 about the world coming to an end in 2000? I remember the AP reporting that in 1989, 
that the world would come to an end by 2000 if we didn't do something about the climate. Was he involved in that article? I don't know about that one, but oh. it would line up with everything else I'm seeing here. <laughs> the, uh, the, it's, and this is just, uh, well, this is July of this year where Prince Charles speaks out on climate change and said the climate crisis really is a genuine emergency. And, and this is where, and, and, and Barbara, thank you for the phone call. And again, this is just part of my belief system. And I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but this whole notion that man is going to destroy what God created, I, I, I find a, a bit laughable. Here's the only thing I'll push back on that. Yeah. Abortion is the embodiment of that. That man participates in the creation of that baby. True. I did not create grass. I did not create the sun. I did not create the trees, birds. I had nothing to do with any of that. And so people's ability to destroy what they have created, I believe in. And so we uh, have created a culture and societies and uh, countries and nations and borders and and. I'm looking at us destroy ourselves, the things that we've created. Mm -hmm. But those things that God spells out in Genesis that he created, I, I, I just don't know if we have the power to do that. Uh, and so that's where, I, and again, that does not mean we can't damage or uh not handle what God created appropriately, but I I think it's his garden, and uh, I don't think I'm powerful enough. And and again, I I think I think he'll destroy us, but I know he's made a covenant. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think we'll be destroyed before we ever destroy what God created. We will destroy each other. Yes, yes, I think that's true. Now I think we can do damage to things. I mean, we yeah. you know we light things on fire all the time, and there's but um, the my general theory on climate change is is what most conservative is. The climate's always changing, has always changed throughout history, and do we play a part in that? Perhaps, but these climate activists are so insane. There's not a single thing that they have offered us that doesn't take us back to the prehistoric times. So. Unless we're going to get rid of all of these microphones and every bit of, unless everybody wants to live under California rule, what's happening today, where you have to pre-cool your house and don't turn it uh, below 78 because, sorry, we're running on wind turbines and they're just not turning fast enough for us to keep up, then uh, I'm not into this. And I, don't I actually think, think should be. part of me actually thinks the solution to all of our problems, though, is to get rid of all of this technology. <laughs> And, and I'm and I joke about I think it's the Amish or Quakers or whatever that I see on horseback and Amish yep. yeah yeah um, and and I, I I part of me thinks hey they've got it right mm. and and I say that sincerely I'm not trying to joke I'm saying because there's a lot of questions that get eliminated when you take away all of this technology I've talked about this on Fearless again there's no debate about the necessariness and the value of man when all of the technology is taken away. Mm -hmm. And, and so when people can't eat without 
a man going out and hunting. And look, women are capable of doing some hunting. Uh, but that day-to-day primitive lifestyle in the 1600s, 1700s or whatever, women weren't sitting around going, I don't need no man. <laughs> they were sitting around, I better get me a man so that I can survive before one of these bears comes in here and kills me and everything that I love. Mm. And or some other man comes by my house and just says he's going to conquer me and beat me over the head and drag me to his house. This is why arranged marriages were a thing. Because you were protecting your little girl. Here I'm assigning you a protector. May not be the love of your life. That's not what interests me. Somebody's going to protect you and I'm handing you off to that person. And people were so appreciative of that protection that they did love their protector. And, and again, human life. There was no debate about the value of human life before this. A child was a blessing. The greatest, oh my God, if I have a son, he's going to come out here and help me farm. If I have a daughter, she's going to help her mother or help us around the house, or she may do some of the farming. It's just a child was an amazing blessing. No one thought, hey, let me kill this baby in the womb. It's an inconvenience. It's like, no, here's someone else that's going to help my family. There was a reason that. Abraham was so excited when God told him he'd be the father of many nations because you actually took pride in your offspring and that was a part of your lineage. And people could say, oh, these guys all came from Abraham and he's the one who trained up these people, right? And, and there is a measure that I think we should go back to and there's a happy medium, but like we used to look at women and say, why don't you have any kids? What are you doing? And now it's like, I couldn't possibly bring a child into this crazy earth. There's no way this world, and I'm like, listen, the, the crazier the world I gets, the more kids I want. Now, as a man, I, the, the crazier this world has gotten, because I, I just don't think I could handle thinking I was leaving my kids to this world that we've created. This is why you got to have a bunch of kids. I've got, <laughs> I've, got a kid, I've got a 16-month-old, another kid on the way, and I want as many as my wife will let me have, because what you do is you arm them with each other. And so it's one kid. Don't have just one kid. That kid's probably in trouble when you're gone. You have five kids. They can take care of each other. All right. Uh, I'm going to take some more of your phone calls when we come back. I keep talking too much. Sarah keeps wagging her finger at me. I'm going to do better. Don't go anywhere. The show's going to get better. Welcome back. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Mike in Colorado, welcome to the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Thank you. Be quick, Absolutely. but don't hurry. You got it. Um, well, I would like to juxtapose your comment about the Amish just now because technology, I think, is helping us. Thanks to places like Preborn, which I've given as a birthday present to my wife and a Christmas present to my mother-in-law. I think that that's where we're starting to see the switch around from the acceptance of abortion to the utter horror and tragedy that it is. Because as soon as you can show a young woman, as young as grade school, what an abortion actually is and what it's accomplishing, I think that is changing the hearts and the minds. And I think that you've given me new ammunition in the argument against it. I think that you are spot on that it is by far the worst of two evils compared to slavery. So thank you for putting that little arrow in my quiver. I'm going to be using that one. 
Mike, I appreciate you shouting out Preborn. Uh, I'm an authentic supporter. They've supported my show, uh, Fearless, and we support them. Uh, it's just a very small, affordable donation that can change uh, the life of a child in the womb and change the mother uh, when they see that human being, when they see that human being inside of them, they choose life more often than they choose to go through with the abortion. And Preborn is a great organization for people to get behind. Uh, I suggest, and I'm sure Glenn Beck and his audience is very well aware of of Preborn, but thank you for the phone call, Mike. Uh, David, David in uh, what, what, Maine? Maine. 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 Hey, thank you, Jason. I just wanted to give you a little uh, pat on the back, I guess, and some encouragement. You know, I heard you say last segment or a couple of segments ago, you know, some people might not like this, but here's what I'm going to say. And I think, I think, brother, you need to lean into your Judeo-Christian philosophies and convictions, because one of the reasons that I listen to the Blaze, one of the reasons I listen to Glenn and all of you guys um, is because of that Judeo-Christian founding. And, you know, there's a lot of things that my parents said to me as I was growing up that I didn't want to hear, and I didn't, I didn't like it, but it was the most important thing for me to hear. So oftentimes the things that people take some sort of offense to um, are probably the things they need to hear the most. So don't apologize for that. Keep doing it, and I really appreciate hearing your voice. Thank you, David. I appreciate the phone call. Hey, listen, I've told the story many times on my show, Fearless. People probably get tired of hearing me say it. And and, and I don't tell, I just tell this story factually, not with a great deal of pride, but uh, <clears throat> when I was a sophomore in high school, uh, I was a pretty good football player, expected to be a starter on a powerhouse high school football, varsity football team. But early in training camp, uh, first day we put the pads on, uh, my one of our assistant coaches uh, called me the P word out in front of all of my teammates. And he basically was being critical of me because of a game I played in ninth grade while in, at that time ninth grade was junior high at our in, in a junior high football game. I played very poorly against a very good player and Tony Burchett, one of our assistant coaches, first day we're in pads, said, don't worry about Whitlock. He's a P. Uh, you know, as soon as he faced somebody good, he's going to fold. That changed my entire approach to football. It was a very hard, difficult truth. In this day and age, kids would all melt. Parents would probably be protesting. How dare you call my kid the P word? It actually inspired me, and it's the reason why I ended up getting a football scholarship. It's the reason why I went on to become captain of the team. We won a state championship. We were nationally ranked. Uh, I'm in my high school's Hall of Fame because Tony Burchett, who's now uh, one of my best friends in life, he was just an assistant football coach then, now one of my best friends in life, called me a P-word out in front of everybody. And and so, yeah, I believe in telling uncomfortable hard truths. Uh, I think they can actually inspire people, and I needed that at that time. I'm not suggesting you do that at home, but it worked for me. Uh, Beth in Texas. Beth, I haven't left you a lot of time. You're going to have to be quick without hurrying. 
No problem, sir. Uh, I believe in, in looking back in history, you have to be able to study both the good and the bad in people. So Elizabeth's death is making me remember, uh, you know, going back in time. Uh, we can't apply today's standards to what they did in order to understand them. And I can't get so filled with hate like the people are around me uh, on the left. I, I just, I mean, to me, that's a lack of God allowing that hate to, to take over their heart. And it's, it's, it's very sad. It's very depressing seeing people doing that to themselves. I refuse to go there. Beth, thank you for the call. I would hate to be judged just on my short past. I've only got 55 years to apologize for, but I could do an endless list of shows for all the things I need to apologize for. Thank God Jesus Christ forgave me of those sins. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk Memphis next. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck radio program. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful Friday afternoon here in Dallas. Uh, Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, We're going to switch up topics and dive into a topic I've been passionate about all this week. uh, And that's the events that have been transpiring in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I think it was Wednesday morning. There was an all day murderous shooting spree in Memphis, Tennessee. A 19-year-old, Ezekiel Kelly, has been accused of streaming live on Facebook as he drove around the city for most of the day, shooting at and killing. He killed four, injured three others. Police eventually hunted him down and arrested him. But that's not the only thing that's been transpiring in Memphis. We saw... Late last week, I think a week ago today, uh, Elijah Fletcher, 34-year-old school teacher, kidnapped, raped, and murdered while taking an early morning jog. She's hunted down, I think the guy's name is Cleotha Abstin, kidnapped, raped, and murdered her, 34-year-old school teacher, a wife, a mother, Uh, we've seen, and this is all in like the past six to eight weeks, we saw a political activist uh, there murdered by another woman uh, over a dispute over money. We saw a female minister uh, murdered during a carjacking in Memphis. Memphis, according to the statistics, is the most dangerous place in America. Memphis, there's a 1 in 12 chance if you live in Memphis, you will be the victim of a violent and or property crime in Memphis. A 1 in 12 chance. Memphis uh, in 2021 and in 2020 set records for the city of Memphis as it relates to murder. Memphis is a victim and suffering the consequences of a demonic baby mama culture. I'm going to tie this all together. I know you guys that listen to Glenn's show know this because I know Glenn talks about it all the time. The destruction of family is the destruction of America. 
When you destroy the family, you destroy all norms, all morality, all order. It's all destroyed when you destroy the family. Memphis, like a lot of urban cities, dominated by uh, what has been called or what is being portrayed as black hip hop culture, is being embraced. It's it's embracing baby mama culture, and and this week on my show on Fearless, we talked about a rapper by the name of Jay Fizzle. He did an interview uh, with with some podcast or YouTube show where he showed up on set with 17 of his baby mamas and he has 22 kids and he's 28 years old. And this is what's being celebrated and normalized in hip hop culture. People are afraid to speak out against it because the left has said any criticism of that culture is racist and they've defined that culture as black and what the culture really is is demonic it's satanic it's anti-god it's secular it's do as thou wilt Aleister Crowley's philosophy and it's not black people it's the culture And so the message I want to send to you all today and the message we were putting out on my show all week is culture kills, not color. And this is why those of us that are believers, regardless of faith, if you're a believer, if you believe in Judeo-Christian values, if you're a look, I'm a Christian. I grew up Baptist. I I just I I don't want to limit it to people of my faith, if you believe in God, you have to develop the courage to stand on your biblical faith and criticize the culture, not the color. The color is not the problem. I am black. I'm a Christian. My family, black, Christian, black isn't the problem. It's the culture that many black people have adopted or that Hollywood and the puppet masters have assigned to black people. That culture is satanic and we have to have the courage to speak out against that culture. And the only way we can do that is if we make God front and center of our criticism of that demonic culture. Again, when it relates, I have a saying, a philosophy that I'm trying to promote amongst the people that follow my show, support my show. And it's that bearing witness requires courage, not perfection. And so what the left does is they hold us to a standard of perfection. If you're not the perfect person, shut your mouth. 
and we get to determine who the perfect people are. And the perfect people never say an imprecise word. And that's a standard that none of us can can meet. We all say imprecise things, and but they use that imprecise and say, oh, my God, you called someone a boy. Therefore, you're racist. Therefore, shut up. And anything that comes out of your mouth is poison. And and oh, uh, you you go to BYU and we'll get into that. And some kid that wasn't even a student allegedly uh, said the N word at some volleyball player. And because you went to BYU or because you go to BYU, you're part of that sin. So shut up and, and don't criticize anything. And if you do criticize what is being called black culture, you're racist. We're going to have to stand on our faith and our biblical principles, and we're going to have to, it's going to require courage to do this, not perfection. I am flawed. I sin. Thank God for Jesus Christ, because I sin. I don't do it proudly. I'm just flawed. I'm just human. I'm the seed of Adam. It's just going to happen. My sin is not going to silence me from speaking truth. You can't let your sin. And again, I know some of you are sitting there saying, Jason, it's easier for you. You're black. It's not really easier. I, I get called all kinds of names. I pay a price for speaking truth, for having the courage to stand on my biblical worldview. I get persecuted just as you. It's not easy. Do you know how much? Money I could be making if I was willing to sell out. I made my name in the sports media world and lane. They're paying a guy, Stephen A. Smith, over at ESPN, $12, $13 million a year. There's no one in the sports media industry. And I worked there and worked at ESPN and worked at Fox Sports and had my own television show and made millions of dollars doing those TV shows. But there's no one in the sports media world who would ever anybody with a brain who would ever argue that Stephen A. Smith has one tenth of my talent. And I don't say that to denigrate Stephen A. Smith. I'm just being factual about my talent and record of accomplishment as a sports media person. But I'm not willing to tell the kind of lies and to sh- display the kind of cowardice it, make, it, it takes to make it in that industry, in this modern culture that has turned so secular. I'm not willing to do that. So there is a price that I'm paying. And so I don't want you to say, oh, it's easier for you, Whitlock, you're black. No, there's a price I'm paying for not selling out. And I'm telling you, you have to have the courage to pay that price. Don't let your sin silence you. This And so the, the strategy I'm telling you is talk about the culture, not the color. Because the color isn't the problem. It's the culture. If you see people invested in, believing in a culture that leads to death, and baby mama culture leads to death, when you keep bringing kids into the world that you have no intention of taking full responsibility for, 
That's how you end up with 19-year-olds driving around the city of, of Memphis shooting people on Facebook Live. That is a 19-year-old who has clearly been abandoned by mama and daddy. And I don't mean to demonize his mom and daddy because I don't know, but I know the culture of Memphis. And I know the culture that's pervasive in many of these urban areas and cities that are wracked by violent criminals. You can't have 70, 75% of your kids growing up in single parent homes or growing up in grandmama's house or auntie's house or foster care without chaos, destruction and violence coming along with that package. We have to criticize that culture. We have to rid our society of that culture. It's not the color we want to get rid of. It's the culture. I don't really know people that have a problem with my color. I know people like myself who have a problem with a demonic culture that doesn't care for its kids, that doesn't properly care for its kids. You have a right to object to that. You have to have the courage to object to that. Criticize the culture. Leave color out of it. Stand on your biblical beliefs. That's the only way we save this country. That's the only way we right the wrongs that are going on in Memphis and in other cities around this country. I've gone too long. Sarah's frowning at me. I need more discipline as it comes to the microphone. Don't go anywhere. I got more to say on this. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Welcome back to the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. Jason Whitlock, I'm the host of Fearless with Jason Whitlock right here on Blaze TV. Uh, you can also find me at youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. That's where my program drops Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 Eastern. Uh, please go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Hit that subscribe button. Join the Fearless Army. Because we have conversations like I'm having right now every day on this show. And I want to go back to this Memphis issue and, and why the solution is for those of us that are believers to invite people into our culture. And I'm speaking now specifically to those of you that are Christian. Because I, I, I got to talk about what I know. And my Christian culture has no color. These atheists, these anti-God people, they have colorized culture. And they have demonized Christianity. And they have demonized those of us that are believers and we're the root of all evil. And it's a joke. And we must have the courage not perfection, the courage. I am imperfect. 
We talk about this on my show all the time. I am imperfect. The contributors on my show, I don't know all the details of their lives, but trust me, they're imperfect too. We don't require perfection. We require courage. And particularly men, if you don't man up and have the courage to stand on your biblical faith, we're going to lose this country. You're going to leave your kids an oppressive Marxist, communist run country. You're going to continue to swallow the boot of these atheist leftists and your kids are going to get it even worse if we don't have the courage to stand on our faith and invite people into our culture and explain to them how this demonic, godless, anti-family culture that they have embraced is going to destroy them and to destroy this country and to destroy the future of their kids. Culture is colorless. Invite them into yours. This is the Glenn Beck Program.